Hello, and welcome to the Modern Retail Rundown. I'm your host, senior reporter, Gabby Barco, and I'm here with editor-in-chief, Kale Guthrie-Weissman. Good morning, Kale. Hey, how you doing, Gabby? We're doing great. We're doing great. Just, uh, you know, enjoying the Midsommar that we're having. Yeah. Is that what it we- is? Well, when does Midsommar happen, actually? I have no idea when Midsommar is, but fun fact, I got into a debate last night about whether we are in the dog days of summer, and we are. We are officially in the dog days of summer, because this person I was talking to said it was later, and it's not. It's right now. So just so you all know. Okay. Well, I always thought it was August, so... No. It's mid-July, that's... man. We're in it. Okay. Okay. Good. We we are learning a lot of new things on uh, the podcast, so that's good. Um, Yeah, but we have a lot to cover this week. Uh, We will be starting out by recapping all the highlights from Prime Day, Prime Days, uh, we should say. And then we will check in on the latest updates from the UPS strike that may or may not be happening. It's pretty eminent right now. Uh, And then finally, we will look at the emerging backlash against all of these new energy drinks that have been popping up and the controversy around them, including, you know, caffeine levels. It's giving us flashbacks to the early aughts, right, Kale? It sure is. My college days, my <laughs> Halkion days. Yeah. I don't even want to get into what I did on Four Loco, but anyway, <laughs> let's let's get into Prime Day. Yeah. So this year, Unsurprisingly, Prime Day uh, set new records for itself. It seems to be beating its own numbers every year. Uh, This year, it sold 375 million items. Last year, it was 300 million. So it's a pretty big jump. And then it was uh, 13 billion in GMV and 7.7 billion in revenue over the two-day period. Uh, So yeah, a lot. A lot of people shopped on Prime Day, so it seems even though, uh, of course, it has more competition than ever from other retailers, uh, other e-commerce sites. But I think the big takeaway for me was that just seems like nothing is really ever going to stop Prime Day. What do you think, Kale? Yeah, that's true. And I think that this was pretty... You know, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to remember, and I didn't bring up the numbers, but like last year's Prime Day was a little, it did not have as big of a splash as it had in years past, I want to say, in terms of like the records it was breaking. And so this was, I think a lot of people were watching to make sure like Amazon could keep with the growth that it needed to in order in order to show that Prime Day is the big summer's sales spectacular it says it is and these numbers i mean we're still still early on we'll probably get a press release and more details over the coming weeks and months but it's clear that it did resonate at this time and people did shop and uh more people did go to to make purchases on amazon as well as you know other retailers we'll talk about that soon um over this week and so i think it, it was the the narrative that is being that is being provided is that this was a very successful Prime Day. Yeah, and last year, I think that was in line with overall uh, Amazon sales slowing after really, really quick growth during the pandemic. So it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, regardless of what's happening on Amazon itself, uh, there is evidence that other retailers are taking away that market share. So there's almost like a halo effect happening where, customers are seeing uh, or online shoppers are seeing sales pretty much on any website they go to, which can be overwhelming. So uh, yeah, so we are kind of seeing that uh, spending spread across, especially to someone like Walmart, I would say. Yeah, Walmart and Target. And they those companies, those retailers have been doing this for 
a few years now, pretty much trying to catch as many sales as they can. And I think it's now beginning to really cement into shoppers' brains that it's not just on Amazon where you're getting deals, it's on these other ones. Uh, just donning my my hat as thinking about all things marketing, I, I, I think one really big thing that Amazon does every year with Prime Day... Um, is the announcement of the numbers after. You know, it's it's a very big deal for everybody to wait with bated breath as to how big of, you know, a sales jump did they have? What were the records broken? What was this? What was that? And I think that's an opportunity that, uh, I don't know if we'll see it this year, but soon we'll be seeing those from Walmart and Target in, in, in terms of, you know, they, they can make this a moment about them in terms of the sales that they saw as well, because they clearly have been able to probably take some market share, or if not take some market share, expand the pie of people who are buying on that day to see record numbers themselves. And that's something that I, I'm going to be interested to see is just how do these other retailers, all of whom participated in some semblance on Prime Day in this past week, how are they going to announce, you know, the booty that they won? Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think it helps that they're they have a way more prolonged period. I mean, like prime week. I'm doing air quotes. I know yeah. this is a an audio medium. Um, but they are happening, they're still happening all week. So they have actually more of an opportunity. Whereas Prime Day really does end at 3 a.m. Eastern. I know because some of the stuff in my cart went up to its normal price when I didn't check out. So oh, no. it's, <laughs> it's okay. It was literally nothing I needed. Um, I was using that like keep it in your car for 24 hours thing. Um, and it worked. I didn't really need them. So back to <laughs> back to um, I mean, that is the psychology of Prime Day, right? That's what an analyst said, which is that. Uh, when I spoke to people this week, they were like, I think the sense of urgency and the countdown clock is really what gets people, speaking of marketing. Yeah, and uh, we'll get into this later. I think that we have, we'll, we'll, you'll probably bring this up, but I think that they really got into that type of psychological marketing. And I think video this year played a really big deal with Amazon specifically with their whole, um, is it Inspire, their TikTok thing, which I had okay. never, I'd never it even looked at Inspire. it before. It is Inspire. And let me tell you, um, <laughs> when I was doing the Amazon coverage this week, um, I think I spent, no, it is very mesmerizing. It's probably the reason I'm not, I don't check TikTok too much because you're scrolling and you're seeing the deals underneath the actual creator. And all the creators say, you know, they are earning commissions from these products. So I should explain this is um, Inspire is this new feature basically it looks like a TikTok clone that Amazon rolled out last December but it really only officially launched pretty recently so this is the first time it's really being tested and what they did it looks like they pushed a lot of influencers and creators that typically do have a lot of Amazon recommendations and content uh, to use it. And so you're just scrolling and scrolling and you just keep seeing more and more deals. And you could literally click on the product right as they're talking about it and go to the page and see, like it has a little red, you know, Prime Day mark on it. And it's, yeah, it it, it is very tough, I will say. So I saw it firsthand, but I do wonder, we haven't seen exact numbers yet, but there was a lot of speculation that that feature specifically is going to play a big part in conversion. Yeah, and I think that it's, I, I really want to see the numbers about that because Amazon was really pushing it. And it honestly, you know, I, I went on the app, I didn't buy anything during Prime Day, but it was just to see what was going on. And that was 
one of the more engaging parts was seeing these videos that looked exactly like a TikTok of someone in their bathroom or their living room showing off whatever it was that they were showing off. Like it's it's smart. It's very similar. I don't know. I think all of all of the platforms are slowly co- coalescing on on this new type of quick fix thing. It's very similar to Timu, which doesn't necessarily have um, video just yet, but it's it's all, you know, you have a 90% off deal at this moment. Keep scrolling. There'll be endless products. Buy them now. And I think that that is what a lot of these apps are moving towards is a, a quasi-entertainment commerce thing, mm-hmm. which um, is interesting, you know. Yeah. And especially with this one, um, it makes sense that, uh, and for those of you who didn't see, if you opened the app, I think it probably still there. There's a little light bulb and that's that's the Inspire, which maybe if you didn't know, like it looks like it's just a random tab on yeah. your app. But uh, I thought it was interesting that most of the recommendations usually in the last couple of years have come from, yeah, TikTok and Instagram where people see, you know, a product like sheets or, uh, I don't know, air fryer or whatever on TikTok. And then a lot of that traffic gets directed to Amazon. And right now what's happening is that Amazon's like, wait, we can just do that in-house. Why would we wait on the TikTok traffic? So to me, that's what it looks like. It's like they're just trying to, yeah, bring all of that ecosystem uh, on their own platform. Absolutely. It makes sense. And I think that a lot of the the TikTok influencers who do, you know, what's the what's the hashtag saw it on Amazon? Or, ha- oh hashtag TikTok made me buy it. I think. TikTok made me buy it. Um, they would love to have an in-platform option on Amazon where they can more easily transact as long as they're getting the same commission. So makes a lot of sense. I'm really hoping Amazon gives us some numbers about how Inspire performed, but I'm not mm. going to hold my breath. It'll probably <laughs> be something totally meaningless. Yeah, it's like when Netflix um, tells us their viewer number. They're just going to say like 52 billion people used it. So yeah. we'll see. Um, and then, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this, just uh, some of the differentiators because, like we said, a lot of other companies are doing kind of lookalikes, you know, kind of cloning. I mean, some of them might even have Prime in the name of their sales. Um, but they, uh, I think Amazon probably is feeling more pressure than ever to create more perks and differentiators. And some of them, like, for example, this year for the first time ever, they they are doing deals on, like, travel bookings. So they have a, they had a Priceline partnership where people got, I think, 20% off uh, for, on their travel for, you know, shopping during Prime Day. So uh, travel bookings. And so there's things like that. And then personalization. I think everybody's feed is more personalized to them now than ever um, during those two days. So there's a lot that they're doing to keep people on the app. Yeah, it makes sense. The travel thing is interesting because there's been a lot of talk about given the economy, given inflation, given all this, uh, people are buying less discretionary goods. Um, uh, And so, but things that are still doing well are travel and experiences, those types of things. So that Amazon is trying to have at least some offering that that is in that arena makes sense. But that being said, the overall performance that we're seeing with Prime Day in general and the areas that we saw, you know, doing well, what did your story say? Like apparel, I feel like it was like apparel and like there were there were a bunch of areas that are that are more or less discretionary goods that saw huge sales boosts um, over Prime Day. It means that people probably didn't want to buy full price, but the moment they get permission to spend less because of a deal, they're going to do it. But 
I think it's smart that Amazon is looking at these other areas that it has not traditionally been in, like Priceline with with traveling, to to try and get people to think outside the box in terms of how they can how they can spend on Amazon. Yeah, and uh, so you know, like we said, I think uh, just bringing in creators more than ever, and all of these sort of unique uh, sales and deals uh, seems to be a big. Takeaway, at least for us. I don't know if we missed anything else that you want to add, Kale, as far as Prime Day goes. No, I think we did a, a good summation. Go us. Yeah, it is actually kind of hard to sum up because there's so many different routes you can take with Amazon. There's just yeah, yeah, a lot of different angles. So that's you know, we we try to keep it streamlined. We can now move on to our next story, which is uh, this, you know, it's a big strike week, as I'm sure a lot of people know. And so uh, UPS workers are now uh, maybe, may or may not be uh, striking 340,000 UPS workers, a lot of people uh, may go on strike as their negotiations stalled over the last week. Uh, This would be the first UPS strike since 1997. So, you know, a few decades there, but Uh, It is a big deal because obviously a lot of uh, e-commerce relies on UPS specifically. It makes up about 37% of the parcel delivery market by revenue in the U.S. That that is the biggest chunk out of all the carriers. Um, So, yeah, what is, what are, um, I think, Kelly, you looked into it. What are uh, companies or retailers thinking about right now if this is uh, going to be happening? And we don't know how long it will last, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a big if if this will happen, but right now it sounds like the talks between the union and UPS are stalled and you know, it would have it would have a huge impact. Um there there've been a bunch of stories that have talked with brands, that have talked with retailers about what they would do and they all pretty much said like they would do their best, but it would probably make things more expensive. Um because for one thing, there's no way that one other carrier can instantly just take up the capacity that UPS had because it had such a big chunk of the capacity. I mean, that being said, FedEx, I think, is already uh, is already reaching out to clients trying to woo people. Pretty much what what brands have been saying is that if like if I they already have deals and have negotiated rates with UPS, and if they it, without with in a moment's notice have to move over to FedEx or have to move over to USPS, um, th- they're the fees are going to go up. I think some said they might go up as much as like five to ten dollars per product, um, which is a huge amount when you're selling thousands, if not you know you know hundreds of thousands of products every day. And so you know they they don't have the ability to try and negotiate rates with these uh, carriers because they have to just move them over. And so it would have a big impact. But there's also another really important thing here, which I I think is is important to highlight, which is that this isn't while the strike is a new issue, the overall uncertainty with fulfillment and last mile delivery is not a new issue. In the last few years, the pandemic really screwed everything up for every brand that was around. There was a bottleneck with all delivery networks. Things took you know many more days, if not weeks, to get delivered, and it meant that um, a lot of brands had to really, really drill down into what their supply chains looked like and who they were using as carriers, et cetera. And so for a lot of brands, my understanding is that this is kind of a flashback to that, but it's also something they know how to do. Like they, they you know, when when 
the USPS all but shut down in 2020, or not all but shut down, but like had a bunch of issues it's that very overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it made them reach out to other carriers and think outside of the box. And so I think th- what's happening is, you know, I'm sure brands and retailers are aren't thrilled that their collateral damage about this uh, this dispute happening, but they also are more prepared than they were, say, three years ago for how to make a quick change to su- such that they'll, they're able to deliver their goods to their customers. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's sort of like these emergency plans that are in place now after those years. I remember, you know, yeah. a lot of people had, yeah, those, especially during the holidays, that's when really a lot of that comes into play. Um, but I was actually wondering when you um when they do talk about the increased rate, is that also because they uh when you come in as a new customer, you're not locked into your original uh rate that you had, or is it because just like it's like the new rate that, you know, for 2023 is what they're getting? I don't know for certain, but my when you are a brand or a retailer that does things at volumes, you negotiate your rates with your carrier well beforehand. And so if if your major carrier suddenly is like, we're on strike, it means you have to go somewhere else and then you don't have the upper hand. And so mm-hmm. they can give you a much higher rate. Um, and that being said, so like pretty much it, it makes it more difficult to have real negotiations or be able to have some some type of bargaining chip on the table. But we also have to take into account that these other carriers are about to have their volume go up by, you know, whatever fold. Uh they they're really they're really going to have a lot of new packages that they're going to have to deal with and so if it would make sense that they would increase their rates as a result because they're going to be stretched much thinner. Again, this is a big if if the yeah. if the strike does happen, but it's already it makes sense that everybody is trying to sort of scramble to figure out what happens next because UPS is such an important player. Yeah, and those rates like you said, I think when it's like a small item or an inexpensive order that's it's a really big price to pay just to ship but there and there's another thing that I think is really interesting that uh, I'm I want to do a little bit more research on but like there's I I imagine right now those in the uh sort of digital e-commerce fulfillment space are are seeing a boost of interest or at least a boost of customer service inquiries um like 3pls and that you know these are these are the fulfillment partners that warehouse and ship things for for brands of all sizes and they are the ones who have the negotiations with these carrier services and so like uh, the new york times ran an article a couple of days ago that pretty much talked with a 3pl who said you know what we're telling our customers is that you know you don't have to worry about this we have to worry about this so that it, it could mean it'll meet it'll be more difficult for these 3pls but it's also a great marketing thing to have where you can say, you know, don't worry about this issue that's going on. This is our job. And so I imagine we're going to be, you know, a lot of 3PLs are going to be seeing, if not increased business, but at least have a have a, a new line to say to show that how valuable they are. Right. Yeah. So we'll uh, keep monitoring the situation, as they say. Um, and uh, yeah, look out for uh, any, any other uh, updates on the negotiations that are happening. Next, we are going to be talking about energy drinks and the latest. I mean, this is a topic that I personally have been kind of obsessed with. I think energy drinks are having a pretty big moment right now. Not that they ever went away, but, you know, they're very much in the spotlight. There's more brands than ever. Um, But this uh, week, Logan Paul's energy drink Prime, which, yes, it's a big, big week for Prime, um, is facing a backlash. Uh, Senator... 
Chuck Schumer, who is the majority leader in Congress, uh, called on the FDA to investigate Prime. Um, so this is because uh, I think it's basically a packaging issue. So a lot of the Prime, for those not familiar, uh, bottles look almost the same. It's just that they all have different colors. They have hydration, they have energy. And so uh, they are, you know, Schumer's worried that parents are buying the very, very, very high caffeine bottles as opposed to the hydration for their kids. And so, you know, it's kind of like uh, a marketing issue, it seems like. But one, I think, what's the uh, the stat is that one prime has the equivalent of about uh, six 12-ounce cans of Coke. So that is a lot. And so yeah. that brings us to our next, you know, issue, which is that what is happening? Like, is there a call for regulation on how much caffeine can be in these drinks. Uh, and again, it like we said at the top of the show, it kind of does uh, bring us back to the early aughts when I remember like my school was like, you are not allowed to have Red Bull or all yeah. of these drinks, uh, especially before sports practice. I feel like that was a big one because people were passing out and, you know, there's it's a lot of health risks to teenagers drinking these. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like Logan Paul is sort of the new Red Bull uh, car. Remember the Red Bull Mini Cooper or whatever that would drive to your mm-hmm. high school? Um, and so it's interesting that this is happening again. Um, I I would... It would be very interesting if um, if there w- this did lead to more regulation about how much, uh, you know, with overall energy drinks. But there is a lot more activity going on in the energy drink space. So it makes sense that lawmakers are keeping an eye on it, especially if, as it seems to be happening, they are specifically marketing to, to younger demographics. Um, but it seems like right now they're focused specifically on this one drink. Um, I would... I'll we'll be keeping an eye to see if they they try to expand it elsewhere. But a lot of the other energy drinks that are on the market right now seem more clearly to be targeting like you know twenty to thirty year olds and and have a, a different type of spin. Like you wrote a story a few weeks ago that was about the rise of better for you energy drinks. That there are a lot of them that are trying to be both you know health quote unquote healthy, but also give you caffeine, which I think is a, an interesting trend that shows that like there is definitely demand for these types of you know, revved up drinks, but they need to be cloaked in something else that makes them seem like they're good to drink. Yeah, it's sort of like the, uh, I don't know, the, like how matcha has that sort of glow of like, oh, this is not going to, you know, make you crash in the afternoon. So these are positioning themselves as that sort of afternoon, you know, replacing a second or third coffee type of, and, you know, they have like probiotics and they're functional and all of that. And so, whereas I think Prime is interesting because it is very um, loud and uh, forward about being an energy drink. It's not trying to say that it's healthy or, uh, yeah, better for you or organic or all of that. So with that said, you know, these types of brands are not really slowing down. I think, you know, we see, like you said, Rockstar, Red Bull are still, uh, pretty big. I think Red Bull's still number one uh, in the category. So yeah, it's just a matter of, are they targeting, you know, too much, too young of an audience? And that's why they're getting criticized. Yeah, it's true. But also, I and I think a lot of the major brands like Rockstar has been trying to undergo a big brand transformation because it's branding has been kind of stagnant of late of, over the last few years. And so it shows that there's kind of an energy renaissance. And so I imagine if you're a startup or even if you are, you know, PepsiCo or whoever, seeing 
lawmakers go after one of the competitors might make you scared a little bit just about what that, you know, could they have a more scrutinized eye towards the other players? And so, you know, we'll see. But I imagine, you know, things don't seem to be completely like there's not a huge shakeup right now, but it does lead lead down the road that there there could be or maybe the executives should be scared that there might be. Yeah, and uh, I should mention Prime is actually one of the fastest growing startups in the space. Um, I believe they, they're like constantly sold out at a lot of retailers. They do they're doing very well and now are expanding into Europe. So this would be obviously a big deal if it were to impact their uh, their business. Yeah, and this has very big echoes of the Four Loco panic, which is something <laughs> I think about fondly. Um, you know, so I don't I don't think we're there yet, but who knows. Yeah. That is our show for this week. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you're listening to us. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Modern Retail Podcast to hear interviews with industry leaders every Thursday. Uh, Kale, who do you have on next week? I am talking with John Maris, who is the CEO of Solo Brands, which, among other things, has the stock symbol DTC. Isn't that fun? That is fun. That's a good one to get. Um, Yeah. And uh, of course, come back on Saturdays for the Modern Retail Rundown. And as always, thank you for listening. 